first and foremost that we be transformed into your image that we would be like your son look like your son that when we look in the mirror that we'd see your son we wouldn't see ourselves we'd see your son we'd love like your son we'd serve people like your son would serve them we'd have mercy we'd have grace we'd show compassion like your son does I thank you Lord that you sent your son that your kingdom, your dominion to be established to complete it Lord and it will be completed when you return when you literally visit earth again for the second time reign Lord Jesus reign thank you Father I thank you for what you're doing today thank you what you've done today thank you Father for the testimony of Millie and for the testimony of Debbie pray that would come forth from today the healing, your healing power you are healed you are loved I thank you Lord that when your kingdom invades this kingdom change happens transformation happens and life comes and shackles get broken and chains get smashed and people come and discover a freedom that a world is desperately looking for in so many things but it can only ever be found in the one who is freedom I have come that you may know freedom life and life abundance I am the bread of life Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life if you want to look to the Father look to me if you want to know what heaven will be like look at me It's me in the flesh. I'm here. I'm a signpost that my people in a world would know that there is another reality than just the one they live in. Which lasts forever. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that phenomenal knowing as as his child you were going to last be with him forever? That when you physically die you will be alive? See we fear death so much we shouldn't because you don't die. You physically may fall over, but who you are will stand tall. Jesus said, I go to prepare a home and I'm coming back to gather those who are mine. And then we're going to go and be with my Father for eternity. You know how long eternity is? Very, very long. God, we just thank you. Grab a seat, guys. Debbie, I want to encourage you. Who enjoyed Debbie's talk on communion? Isn't that amazing? And um, there is just a, there is a gift on you to speak. And we had that conversation during the week. And um, how many people would like to hear from Debbie more often? <laughs> I reckon. Hey, change places. I could be her PA, you reckon? <laughs> That'd be interesting, wouldn't it, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take all the heat too. <laughs> Gee, I look good in a skirt, you reckon? <laughs> I don't know, know enough about computers. All I know is I turn them on and put my swipe my finger on the password and away we go. But I said this last week and I'm going to say it again and hopefully I'll remember to say it every time because it just grabbed me two weeks ago when Dave McCracken said it that that the Holy Spirit has something for every single one of us today. God wants to speak to you independent of me. I hope he speaks through me to you but as I'm speaking, you know, it might might not be anything I actually say but God will speak to you. And so I want you to just prepare your hearts to be able to hear, to hear him. So zone into what I'm saying, don't drop off, but at the same time be have an ear open to what he wants to say to you specifically today. Because I believe God is always wanting, willing, ready to commune with his people. We get in the way of that. We get so busy, we get so distracted and, and he's just waiting. I'm, I, I see him just waiting, whether you're at the rugby, whether you're watching on telly, whether you're at the pub, whether you're at school, whether you're at university, whether you're at the hospital, just in day-to-day life, whether you're driving down the motorway, God the Father wants to commune with his people. 
He wants to share things with you. He wants to open doors. He wants to give you visions and dreams. Do you know ordinary people receive visions and dreams from heaven? Sometimes we can think it's you've got to be a supernatural guru or you need to have made it, you know, 25 years of being on your knees just in constant as holy of holy. You're there anyway. And I read the Bible, I see ordinary people receiving visions and dreams from heaven. Ananias is one in particular. He receives a dream and then he engages with a man called Paul or Saul. And he has this incredible impact and influence in this man's life. We preach about Saul or Paul heaps, but who's ever heard of Ananias? We probably need to preach more about the Ananiases and the Barnabases and, and the James and, and these, the Marys and the Marthas, these people like me and you that had incredible impact in building his kingdom. Amen? So I say all that, so the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. My, Danielle, I don't, I don't get this, but Danielle gets it in dreams. God speaks in dreams because of pictures and dreams and those dreams have, have impact. He's even spoken to her about things that have then become a reality. You know, that's the point. They become a reality. And God will speak to you in so many different ways. So I also just want to say this. The Bible talks about us being one mind, one purpose, one love, one spirit. And I've just been dwelling on this whole thought, especially the one mind thing. It's so important, guys, that we, we think we have the mind of Christ, that we have this oneness in thinking. Even as we go forward as a community, that we are allowing this oneness to come. As you're hearing these messages, I'm praying that you are not just leaving it here, but you're going away and marinating in what you're hearing and allowing the Spirit of God to speak to you. Because when I read the early church, and especially Acts 1, when they were going into the... Into the um, the upper room, the Bible says that they were of one mind and they were praying. But they were of one mind. And the cool thing, they all experienced the same thing that day, which gave them incredible, incredible synergy and power. And so they left that room knowing that every single one of them had experienced the same thing and there was a oneness. Does God heal today? Absolutely. Is he the God of the impossible? You betcha he is. Can God do the impossible? It's so important we think, dream like he does and see like him. So as we go forward as a community, we all come into the same thing. Is that cool? I'm starting my timer. First time ever. I won't stick to it, but anyway. Oh, just the last thing. Generosity month, uh, just so we're all up to date. Uh, we received about 14 or 16 emails, which myself and the elders are just sort of praying over and going through. We want to give about $10,000 away. And so uh, we're just sort of going over that and just believing in that and want to sow a seed of absolute generosity and just go, woof. I mean, that was incredible what um, Tamara is doing. Um, but there are so many awesome people doing the same thing here. There's so many different people having an impact in, the, in their sphere of influence. And so thank you for everyone that sent in uh, something for us. So we can't guarantee everyone's going to get met. There might be portions that get met. Uh, but just want to sow a seed of, of just generosity and believe by faith that God is going to meet the needs. There's just so many cool things happening in the community. But a couple of Sundays ago, if you weren't here, I, I asked a question. I said, what is the core purpose of the church, which is me and you? What is our, our core purpose as God's people? And I said the answer was that, at the, at the very first, first place priority is to know him. I said it's to know him, not just to know about him, but to know him intimately and to be on a re- developing relationship where you're getting to know him more and more. No different to any other relationship in which we engage, whether it's man or wife or, or, or um, you know, um, father to child, whatever. Friendships, they take the time and they, they develop and, and we must be knowing him more and more as we go forward, before it's about healing, prophetic words, even what we've heard today, reaching out for people to serve, you know, serve in Christ, and all these things are good things, and we need to do them. Please hear me, we need to be doing these things through being led by the Spirit. But the first thing we talked about was, was knowing Him. We shared, um, or I shared about how the church is being built on the revelation of the Christ. And so you and I, we are the temple. It's us and we are being built on our revelation of our peeling back of knowing the Son. 
And we talked about that. And I just want to read these things. As I said this, our ability to love him will be determined by our depth of knowing him. Our ability to love others will be determined by the depth of knowing him. Our ability to trust him will be determined by the depth of knowing him. Our ability to comprehend who we are in him will be determined by the depth of knowing him. Our ability, this is the big one, to choose his will over my own will will be determined by this reality. And our ability to overcome the obstacles we face will be, will, sorry, will be determined by us knowing him. And then last week I, I, I talked about the father that I know and I'm coming to know more and more. And I said if we want to know who the father is, we need to look to the son. Jesus was sent to reveal the Father and he said in John, he said, if you want to know the Father, look to me. You can see me. I am the exact representation of my heavenly Father in nature. And so God didn't want to leave us lost. He even sent his Son in which to, uh, to, to represent him. And then I said, well, you know, who was the Father? And I said he was a lover of people. The Father is a lover of people. And that... Uh, he was a, and is a restorer of people. He doesn't just come to, to, to save you from a place called hell. He comes to bring whole salvation to the whole person. He comes to bring a wholeness to the individual. And so, you know, we can, we can acknowledge him as our Lord and Saviour and still struggle with our issues and our stuff. And God, Jesus, was sent in which we would, we would overcome those things, not just our spirit being redeemed. And so today, I want to take us a, a, a next further and say, how do we get to know? How do we position ourselves more to know the Father? What, is, what can we do, uh, or how can we position ourselves to embrace more of him and, and increase our knowledge of him? And the first thing I want to talk about today is through encounters with his presence. Through encounters with his presence. This is, I guess probably the way I came into this thing called Christianity of, of following Christ, it was through an encounter in my workplace with his presence. Um, now when I say encounter, I, I don't just mean, although I love these things, I'm, 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 I'm not just talking about an external encounter where we get physically healed or where we see signs and wonders um, or where we feel his presence in a, in a meeting like this. All those things are right and, and I love those things. But I'm talking initially about something deeper than that. I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit, when God's presence invades your inner being. You know, David said, I want truth in the innermost parts. When the Holy Spirit comes and, and actually enters here, this thing called the heart, and in an instant, in a moment, you know something's happened. You know something has literally shifted. You can't really articulate it, but you know something has altered. You, you're different. And it can be in a moment. And see, this is why see, the Jews, and, and they saw supernatural acts. They saw things in front of them. I mean, they were part of you know, walking through, as Debbie said today, the, the, the waters pardoned. They walked through the Jordan. They walked through the Red Sea. They saw manna in the desert. They saw the supernatural outworking, but yet it hadn't come here. And I asked God, part of my own, my walk with him, because you know, I'm, I've said this before, but I was a little bit sort of hard-hearted or a little bit of a donkey, because you know, for about seven years I saw supernatural things in my life. I saw my father healed of cancer, I saw myself healed of some stuff, I, I'd had a visitation from God in my room, and all these things, but yet I hadn't, bowed my knee. And one day I was just pondering that thought and I said, God, what was that all about? He said, well, Greg, he said, all those things were external of you. It wasn't until my presence actually came you. you, you well, I, I prayed this prayer that was to get me out of another jam, but he decided to come and, and come straight in here and his presence engaged in my inner being. So how do we get to know the Father more? Through encounters with his presence. Now his presence lives within us and last night we had an incredible night where we just came as a community. I don't know, there was probably about 80, 85 people here and I was just so encouraged to see how many young people were here on a Saturday night. I'd say 
65% of the people who were young people under the age of 20. Isn't that cool? That the young are grabbing hold of what God's doing. And the young and the old, the Bible says that the old men will see visions and dreams, young men and old, and as a community we're coming together. And so I want to thank you if you came out last night just to soak in his presence, his power in his presence, his life in his presence. See, God sees the desperation of the heart, the yearning, the longing, and there is somehow an interaction that happens between heaven and earth. And you've heard my testimony before, but I remember just being on a phone at, at, at Rebel Sport as a non-Christian, but believing there was a God and praying, asking him to get me out of a jam. And in an instant, the presence of God just came and just baptised me in the fire and power of the Holy Spirit, spun me round. I don't know what had even happened, but I knew something had happened, there'd been an exchange, there'd been something, there'd been his presence had come and just come into me and boof! And I had a love for God that I'd never had. I didn't have it when I walked into the building And one minute past ten I had it. Why? Because I had an encounter with the presence of God. You know, John Maxwell, who writes a whole lot of leadership books, and I'm sure we've heard this, he says, everything rises and falls on leadership. I want to take that, I want to pinch that and just slightly tweak it and say, everything rises and falls on the revelation of the Christ. Actually, it doesn't really rise and fall on leadership, I believe. It rises and falls on the revelation of Jesus. If we all capture an ongoing greater revelation of the Christ, do you know what happens? Everything happens. Works get done, spirit-led works. The church are out being the very thing it's called to become. Everything rises and falls on the peeling back of the Christ. I ask myself, why am I here today? Why, why, why did I walk through those doors 13 years ago? Why do I continue to lay my life down the best I can? Why do I do what I do? Because of him. Nothing to do with position, nothing to do with title, nothing to do with because I love this, although I do love it, it's because of him. Why are we to get out and reach the lost world? Because of him. Why do you obey? Because of Him. Why do you want others to... Why do you you want to lay hands on healing? Because you want them to know Him. Yeah? And when we engage with His presence, how do you do that? Just... Well, how do I do it? I just, just stand, sit, lie down. Sometimes I'll put some music on. Sometimes I don't and just ask Him to come. Father, just consume us today in your presence. I thank you that you're here already. I thank you that you're moving. Father, I pray for for us all today that we would not leave here the same that we came in. That your beautiful, sweet aroma, your presence, Lord, we would smell you today. We would feel you today. We would hear you today, Lord. We would see you today. God, that your presence would change us. It's in the presence. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, then what's the point? He said, what will distinguish us from the people of the world if you are not with us? Father, we need your presence at a greater level. God, you're in us. Rise up in us, Father. But I pray, Lord, that you would peel back, that we would be able to see your greater clarity. Stum. Just come with me to Mark 1. I'm going to just quickly share a story about a man who engaged with the presence of God. It's an incredible, powerful story about a man who's just turned upside down and he's changed to a measure in, in, a, in a heartbeat. It's Mark 1 verses 40. Mark 1 verses 40. That's why we're going to do more of these nights and we just come as a community and just soak in his presence. And we can do that as a body, but really works best when you do it on your own. One-on-one with him. 
on your own. I don't know how you do it. Some people do it in the car. Some people do it in the shower. I tend to do it in the lounge with all the lights off. Daniel, I hate the light on. I just, in the dark, I don't know why. But I just hear them clear in the dark. Just zone out. Zone out the world. Say, Holy Spirit, come and speak to me. Consume me. Through me, over me, out of me. Talk to me today. Who do you want me to speak to today? How do you want me to influence the world for you today? Lead me. Here's a man in Mark 1, 40. He says, And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him, and falling on his knees before him, and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. See, I love the fact that this man knew who Jesus was. He knows, if you're willing, you can do this. Do we know him that well? Do we know the Father that well? This man did. He's a leper. He's an outcast. But he knows who the Christ is. If you're willing, God, you can heal me today. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Isn't that awesome? I think it's just, God only knows one way, it's forward. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. Immediately leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him, and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing, what Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But he went away. Now listen to this. If God Almighty is on planet Earth, as he was, and he sternly warned you not to say anything to anyone about what's happened, do you think you'd do it? (laughs) This is the God that could... and you'd be vaporised. And he sternly warns this man, don't say anything to anyone, but go to the priest. But the man... He's so consumed by what's just happened, as we're going to read. What happens? But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city. Jesus gives the church a command to go into all the world. And I know about you, but sometimes I go... Don't know about that one. Really? That might be a bit hard. He says, I'll be with you. Come on, let's go into the world. And here's a man he tells not to go and to shut his mouth and he's so consumed by the presence of God and what's just happened to him, he goes, I've got to say something. I'm compelled to scream. Because why? Because the presence of God just invaded his world. And boom. Life comes. See, when we know the Father, when we know the Christ, not just know about Him, it's so hard to be contained. So hard to just not. And I want to encourage us, guys. Soak in His presence. Allow the presence of God to come upon you. Ask Him. Jeremiah 33, if you would cry out to me, I will show you great and mighty things that you do not yet know. Ask, seek and knock and the door will be opened. You can trust me. Come to me. And here's a man who's just got this disease, he's an outcast and the presence of God comes and he just can't stop singing his praises to the fact that now Jesus can't go back into the city but he has to stay out in unpopulated areas How awesome is the presence of God? Acts 2. You start reading Acts 2 at the beginning, there's a sound from heaven. It's the stirring of the presence of God in the city of Jerusalem. It's a sound that starts to stir the people. And then the Holy Spirit descends in that upper room and tongues like fire come on these men. If you put that image up, that would be great, guys. Have a look at this. Isn't that awesome? That's a meeting in Nigeria. Who wants to book a ticket to Nigeria? (laughs) 
Tongues of fire. Is that what that looks like? Praise and worship is given up to heaven. The kingdom hears and the kingdom comes. The presence of God falls. The Bible describes it as tongues of fire came upon them. You know the cool thing about this? Is that this photo was taken at the meeting and they couldn't see any of this. This only came out when the photo actually went through the processing and they actually got the photo. But they see people were being slain in the spirit, people were getting kitten, you know, nailed over, healings, a whole lot of the baptism of the spirit was falling on the meeting. It was crazy. And when the person got the photos, you know, what's it called when you go through the developed process? This is what they saw. This Ian McCormick sent me this. I trust this man with everything. Do we believe this? Do we really believe it? We've got one mind. When you read that, our reality can be that. See, when the presence of God comes, people are changed. Things get shifted. Things get altered. The second point, the number one, is through encounters with the priest. Number two is simple obedience motivated by love. Simple obedience motivated by love. Come with me to 1 John. I'm going to give you four things today just to chew over. If you chewed over one of them, that would be awesome. 1 John 2, 3 to 6. 1 John 2, it's at the back of the Bible, verse 3 to 6. It says this, By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him or her. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. That's a pretty hard-hitting passage, isn't it? And as we've looked at over these last few months, that all scripture is inspired by God. So it means what it says when it says that by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. You see, as we obey simply and have childlike faith, as we do what God tells us to do, motivated by love, you'll know more about who he is. It's quite simple. It's not difficult. It's not a, a, a process you have to figure out. It's you just do what he asks you to do with a motivation of love and you'll come into a greater revelation of the Father. See, obedience comes from one or two motives. And this is really important we capture this because it determines so much about what we will experience in knowing the Father. See, we will either obey God out of self-interest, out of what we want out of things, or out of love for him. Why we obey will always trump if we obey in God's eyes. Why we obey will always trump if we obey. So what is our motivation behind our obedience? Why do you do what you do? Is it because you're supposed to? Is it because it's what you, you feel guilty, so you need to do it? Here's another question. Did God send his son for you and me because he had to? Or did he do it because he wanted to? Did he do it from a motivation of having to fulfill a law, or did he do it out of love? Because he knew. And the more we get to know the Father, the more we start doing things from this place of love which is where he wants us 
not in the law. This is important because God responds differently to our obedience depending on whether we love, obey, or duty, obey. Because he is looking to see who he can entrust his riches to and who he cannot. Obedience for obedience sake is missing the point. You see, God is looking for a heart in which he can give responsibility to. Just because we do things out of obedience being, well, if we're doing things out of having to, there's not a process of a heart being changed. It's just on fulfilling a law. And so why would God give someone the roles and responsibilities which he wants to give to that person when they're just doing it because they are supposed to do it? No, he's looking for someone whose heart has been pliable and moldable and has been defined by his kingdom, his righteousness. So when he gives that to that heart, he knows he can entrust it. He knows it's in the right heart. Does that make sense? Not really? Okay, thanks Chris. (laughs) Obedience is supposed to lead us to knowing him. I'm going to say that again. Obedience. See, it's not the end in itself. Sometimes we think it is. So are we to be obedient? Yes, we are. But it's not the end. Our obedience is to lead us to knowing the Father. That's what the scripture says. If you would obey my commands, you'll come into a fullness of knowing who he is. And then you'll obey him out of love. You'll fall in love with him. The relationship will be way more dynamic, way more free. You'll want to come here. You'll want to get into the life groups. You'll want to serve. You'll want to reach your world. You'll want to lay your life down. Why? Because you know the Father. It's alive. It's real. It's authentic. It's intimate. It's not just something you've been brought up with. Because when that's the case, you know what you do? It's like going through the motions. Oh, now I've got to go to Rock again on Sunday. It's boring. I reckon God would say, go do other things if that's why you're doing it until you capture this thing. Now, here's the other flip side of that because sometimes God says, don't wait for the feeling. Step out. Okay? Step out. Take a step of faith, not on feeling. And trust me, be obedient and you'll come to know me. Well, I don't feel like being obedient. Well, I don't care. Just do it. (laughs) And you'll actually come to know me. It's the same thing with healings and miracles. They are not the end unto themselves. They are the means that lead you to the end, which is him. That's why we can never just set a whole ministry up on healing here now and that's it. Now, the healing is awesome and it's part of his kingdom, but it's to lead you to him. That's why you can get healed and nobody actually comes back to God. You can see it all. That was me. You can see it all, but you know what? There's not an extra connection that takes you to him because you were designed for a relationship. That's why we can't make these things an, an end amongst themselves. And John, I'm just quickly read John to you. John 20 to 30 teaches us this. Does this make sense? Because the reality is people set these things up as ends. And they chase around healings and healings and the supernatural, supernatural. But they don't know him anymore. It becomes this physical outworking thing. And the end goal of that is possibly, as we looked at last week, people hearing, who are you? But Lord, I did X, Y, Z in your name. I cast out demons. I prophesied. I did all. Yeah, I know, but who are you? So John 20, listen to this. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written, the miracles, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, and that believing you may have life in his name. When we consistently obey him, we learn how he thinks how he does things, and what he values. When we won't obey him, we won't get to know him. We may know about him, but we won't know him. I've shared this story before, but I just felt the Holy Spirit asked me to share it again, and maybe it's for someone specifically today. But When we bought our first house, 
Danielle and I, and we, we took a step of faith. And, you know, it was, <laughs> I was thinking around here, and God took us to here, and I was like, whoa, really? And, um, you know, we did the math, and it was a step of faith. Anyway, so we bought this house, and then a few, about two weeks later, um, I was at the Life Conference up in Auckland, and, you know, they were asking, you know, to, 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 um, to give, and, and, I, and I felt God say, yeah, you know, I really wanted to honour what was happening. I was getting fed by what was happening, so I want to invest into this thing. Um, and I said, well, just how much? God, and God just said, 100 bucks. It was just clear that it was $100. And I thought, wow, you know, things are pretty tight. You know, we've sort of, um, you know, we're balancing things, we're budgeting things and all this stuff. He says, just 100 bucks. So I said, okay. So I got my credit card out, I don't carry cash, <laughs> and just filled in the thing, put it in the, you know, in the little bucket that goes around. And then the next day I was having a meeting with Johnny and, uh, Johnny and Bex and uh, we weren't actually at the main sort of the first meeting. And we got there, I don't know, it was about 10.30 and Sandra came up to me and she said, oh, this is for you. And it was just an envelope. And um, basically I opened it up and inside was just a $100 note. And they'd given back. So the people that were hosting the conference gave all senior leaders $100 notes. And I went, you're awesome. That had nothing to do with the money. Through a step of obedience, he tests you. Can I trust this person? I want to start showing them a whole lot of other things. Can I trust? And I'm just going to do that. It was little, really, 100 bucks. God's into the details and he comes back and says, see, see, son? You can trust me. I got to know him at a greater level in that 24-hour period that I did before that. So how do we? In his presence. How do you get to know him? Encounters in his presence. Ongoing encounters in his presence. And from simple obedience. Number three is through his living word. If you want to engage, who, who are you, Father? gave us his living word to read about, to consume. It's the thing that we all have, isn't it? We all have our own different experiences of God. We all have our different encounters with God. We're all obeying maybe at different levels or whatever that looks like, but we all have this incredible food source, this living God. You say, Greg, what is the living word of God? It's this. The living word of God is his written word, illuminated to us via the Holy Spirit and it actually feeds our spirit in a tangible way because we are now experiencing the life power that is attached to his word and this changes you on the inside. I'm going to read that again. The living word of God is his written word illuminated to us via the Holy Spirit which then actually feeds our spirit in a tangible way and we now experience this life power that is attached to his word and it changes you. The word of God, the Bible says, will set you free. If you continue in my word, it will set you free. Now I come back to the thing I start. Do we actually believe that with one mind? If you continue meditating, marinating on this living word and speak it over your life and into your life and over others, these things that you are struggling with, you will find freedom. Yeah? We believe that. Because that's the truth. That's the truth. God wants you living in freedom. How do you experience him more? You experience him more in his living word. Allowing this to shift and change you. It's, you become the message. Yeah? Jesus was the messenger. He was the message. God wants us being the messenger, but becoming the message. You become love, which means you then genuinely can release love, God's love in you to Chris. I become grace. So when I'm offended, what comes back? Grace. Not judgment, not persecution, not my right hand, but love. Through the living word. You want to know the Father more? Guys, you've got to engage in his book. Maybe some of us need to polish it off, open it, clear off the dust, and ask the Holy Spirit 
to start breathing life into what I'm reading. If I get up in the morning and I ask that, I say, the Holy Spirit, illuminate. And I don't get anything, I just close it. Just get on my day. I'll sit there for a bit, but if it's not, if it's not life-changing, if it's not something that I'm taking like food and I can feel it coming in, I'll close it and say, okay, you want to speak to me later? Let's get on with the day. You want to drop it into my spirit? Let's do that. Does this make sense? Because it's got to be life-changing, life-giving. You feel it feeding you. It literally feeds your spirit. You get hungry. You can get a taste. It's like, man, I'm getting hungry to read. I'm getting... <laughs> it just restarted. <laughs> Let me give you an example of this. John 3.16. What does that say? Yeah. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. For God so loved you and me, he gave. Now you can read that and you can quote that and that cannot really change you or move you one iota. Well, you can read that and meditate on that and get the life Holy Spirit revelation of that and it shifts you. Well, that's just not a nice statement. That becomes my reality. God so loved me that he gave me, he sent Jesus to die for me on a cross and that a world would want to know that message. This is what I'm talking about. This is the food. This is what this is to do. It's to bring you into another reality of the Father. Not just fill your head with knowledge and go, yeah, oh, that's a nice statement. Thank you, God. No, it's like, my goodness, you sent your son to die for me that I may go to heaven? And it's real and tangible and it feeds me. You know, people say, give me deep teaching. Give me deep teaching. You can't get more deeper than that if you get that. You know, those people, are, and, and we love all people, don't we? But, you know, sometimes you, it's like you've had all this stuff and you're still not any different than what you were when you started eating on it. You don't need any more of that. You need the revelation of that. You need the illumination of that. You need this real. Jesus said, my words are spirit. They are life. They shift things. He spoke creation by the power of his word into being. He just went, boof, and there it was. Why? Because it's living. It's alive. It's not dead. This without the Spirit is dead. This with the Spirit is everything. If you want to know the Father more, this book will lead you to Him. Number four is through persistent prayer. Through persistent prayer. You want to know Him. Encounters with His presence. What was the second thing? Simple obedience. What's the third thing? Through his living word. The fourth thing is through persistent prayer. One thing I've learned about having kids is they don't have an issue asking for anything. Anyone else? Doesn't matter whether you're at the supermarket doesn't matter you're at the toy store, doesn't matter whether you're at the cafe, they do not have an issue asking for anything that they want. Why do we so much? My Bible tells me that God is this loving Father and it says that why would a natural father refuse his children when he asks them for things? And it says, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, sometimes we get so religious about what we can and what we can't ask for. Oh, that's not holy enough, so I can't ask for that. And you have people that sit on this side of the fence that ask for, you know, Let's be honest, they ask for Ferraris, money, all the, you know, uh, three mansions in Dubai and all these things. And then you have the people over here that ask for nothing because they look at all those people and think they're not even saved. 
And God says, would you come and stand about here and ask for things in my will, that your motivation is pure, ask it by faith, and would you contend and ask for the things that, man, do I want to give you? Because I am your Father. And if we can capture this revelation that it's no different to us, if you are a parent, you know, if you... If you're a parent today, you'll understand this probably more, that when your children come, sure, you know, there are things that you won't give them because you know that that will hurt them, and that's called wisdom. But there are things as a father I want to bestow. I want my children to come to the fullness of who they're created to become. And God says this. He gives us pictures of this woman who is so passionate passionate about getting what she wants. And she goes before a judge who doesn't fear God and doesn't fear man. And she just continues to come day after day. I'm going to get what I want. And I'm coming day after day until you get annoyed. And I really believe God is looking for Christians who are persistent in prayer. Not just McDonald's Christians who want two seconds and give me the hit. You know, if you need a prayer, if you've got cancer today and you stood up, go after that thing in prayer. Believe in prayer. Be persistent today and go after it be like this one be like the man that knocks on his mate's door and he's got three kids and his his mate won't get up but he just knocks 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 ask seek knock you're fine if you want to know the father get into his presence obey him simple obedience be persistent in prayer i love that see sometimes as preachers we 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 take the Matthew passage, and it said, and it says, how much more does the Father want to give? And we can, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but we, we paint pictures around, you know, maybe dreams or visions, and all that's cool. But when you look at the Luke passage, it's how much more does the Father want to give the Holy Spirit? That's a little bit different, isn't it? How much more does this, our Father want to pour out his spirit into you, that you could do everything he's called you to do because you're empowered by his spirit. See, I'm a little bit haunted by the fact that the early church needed the power of God to fulfill his mission. That's why Jesus said, you better go and do not leave Jerusalem until power has come from on high. He gives us the same mission. How many of us are trying to do the mission of God without the power of the Holy Spirit and wondering why it's not really working? You've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to have a continuous filling of the Spirit, hearing the voice of the Father, being obedient to that to see His kingdom explode in your life. Let's stand. I'm going to pray a general prayer. You want more of his Holy Spirit. And however you want to acknowledge that, you want to lift your arms, you want to do whatever you want to do, it's, God will see your heart. It's about the heart. I'm just going to believe, I'm just going to pray that the Father would just consume you more with his Spirit. Let me just read this and just listen to this before we pray because this is in Luke 8. Sorry, uh, Luke 11 verse 8 says, I tell you, even though he will not get up, this is this man who uh, his friend wouldn't get up and give him some food and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of this man's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And in verse 13 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everyone say that. How much more? Will your say how much more will my father give me today? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Ask with single mindedness. Ask with faith. Lord Jesus, today, Father, we stand before you. You are our King our Lord, our Saviour, our friend, our Father. Father, we love you today. 
And as the Scripture says, Lord, we stand on the promise of Scripture, not on our own thinking or our own feelings, but on your Scripture. Your Word says in Matthew, whatever we ask for, we are to believe we have received it, and it will be ours. And so God, today, as you see every heart, you see the hunger of every heart, you see the desperation right now of every heart that wants to know you more, that wants to engage with you more, that wants you more than they want themselves. Father, I pray for your presence to engage with us right now. I pray for your spirit just to hover above us, through us, in us. I pray for a sound, people to hear visions and dreams of heaven, Lord. Give them pictures, revelations of what you want them to do and how they can help build your body in this thing called the kingdom of God. Breathe on us, Jesus. Breathe on us. Father, if we are feeling dry and dead, like the bones that Ezekiel prophesied to, God, I prophesy life. I prophesy life. Arise, dead bones. Arise, hardened heart. Arise. From the innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. I speak the one who is the living water to arise on the inside. I thank you for the woman at the well who found life, God. She found you. Holy Spirit, as we sing, as we lift up our praise, fill us afresh today. Fill us afresh, bro. Your supernatural fire and power from heaven. Help us to live the life to become the, like the Christ. That this wouldn't just be a one-off touch from heaven, but this would be a stirring that would create a lifestyle of obedience to you and laying our lives down to you and fulfilling your mission, Father, not our own. So God, come now and just touch us. Touch us afresh. Now as we sing, if you sing and you can speak in tongues, I encourage you to sing in tongues. Just allow your spirit to sing to God. Allow your spirit, not your mind, but your spirit to sing. If you want to utter, mention utterances to Him in your tongue, then just allow your tongue to edify. Edify yourself in your tongue. If you don't do that, then just sing in English or speak to Him in English. Thank you. Thank, thank Him for what He's done in your life, what He's doing. Spirit of appreciation, God, for who you are and what you're doing. We thank you. Come, Holy Spirit, more of you. More of you, God. More of you. More of you, God. More of you, Father. More of you.
body of Christ and there are giftings and talents and abilities in each and every one of us it's not an accident that you're here today it's intentional God is building his church he's building a church that knows him intimately he's building a people that want him more than they want themselves he's building it he's defining a people unto himself and I want to encourage you today Throughout this week, just sit in his presence, soak in his presence, however you want to do that. Get on your own, maybe with your wife or husband, with your kids, whatever. Just soak in his presence. Get into his word. Start obeying him. If you're not, allow him. Take a step of faith and you'll see him come through. Pray like mad. Have a great week. Come out tonight here, mine, Sir Brian. And if you're going to the game tonight, come on, South Africa. And, uh, absolutely. I've got to say that because we've got plenty of South Africans in the house. <laughs> but, um, have a great week. Get out and have a coffee. If you do need prayer for anything, there'll be some people over here that love to pray with you. Tuck Barna here the following week will be awesome.